If you'll find your place in John chapter number 14, John chapter number 14 tonight, I certainly can't find the words adequate enough to uh, uh, show my appreciation or to tell about my appreciation uh, for all the goodness that you've shown towards me. I, 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 uh, I appreciate uh, being able to be here this week and appreciate just the, uh, the friendship, not only of this church, but of Brother Marshall. And uh, I, I, uh, I, I certainly don't take it lightly. I, I don't ever want I don't ever want to just put a meeting on the calendar and it just be another stopping place. I certainly want to be used of God when I go to places to preach. And I came to be a help this week, but I certainly am leaving helped, and I sure do appreciate that. I was talking to a dear mutual friend of Brother Marshall of mine both, Brother Robertson. He's a dear friend of mine in Clinton, Illinois. And I just got overwhelmed over the phone thinking about uh, all the other preachers that Brother Marshall knew in evangelism and now in pastoring. And then to, uh, I'm just so humbled to be here. And I, I certainly uh, have appreciated the opportunity. And thank you once again uh, for allowing me to be able to be here, Brother Marshall. I, I want to preach, uh, I, I preach a, a message of, uh, and I hope every message helps, but I, I, I want to preach a message of help tonight. And I, and I understand um, as I travel across the country and when I stand behind pulpits and I see folks maybe come in the church and they may have a Bible tucked under their arm and a smile on their face when they come. But when they leave, they're facing a real storm. Uh, there's never a week that goes by when I'm in a church service and I sit in a uh, prayer meeting of that church. There's never a week that goes by where I don't ever hear that word that many of us have uh, grown fearful of hearing of the word cancer. And I understand there may be some here uh, tonight that in recent days you've heard that word cancer from the doctor. I think about the difficult time that my dad is going through right now. I remember about a month ago. I was preaching out in uh, Georgia, and I had to run to Walmart. And uh, when I went in, in the store there at Walmart, I saw a tractor trailer out there parked in front of the store of a company that my dad worked for for 40 years. And I began to think about my dad's difficult time now is his health has declined, and he was just pretty much forced to retire. That's my dad's difficult time. I understand in churches all across the country that I preach in, uh, there's moms and dads on the sound of my voice that have a wayward child, and I know that that's their difficult time. Uh, certainly, from March of last year to this year, we've all dealt with it different ways, but uh, the last year and a half has been difficult for many of us. A lot of us have said goodbye to friends and family. We all go through difficult times. And, but I'm glad that the one that lives inside of us, God the Holy Ghost, helps us through those difficult times. And I, and I want to preach along those lines tonight. Look at John chapter number 14. Look at verse number 16 with me tonight. The Bible says, and I will pray the Father... And he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, 
even the spirit of truth whom the, the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now look at verse number 25. The Bible says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I'm going to ask Brother Wolfram, if Brother Wolfram, would you open us up in prayer tonight, please, sir? Thank you. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Let me lay a foundation, then we'll get right into the preaching of the Word of God. We find here that Jesus is teaching on the Holy Spirit in the upper room in Jerusalem. Jesus is in that upper room spending the last hours he will ever have with his apostles before his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is covering the major topics that those apostles will need to grasp before his death in filling them with the truths that will help them through the upcoming trials that they're about to face. And the greatest help the believers, those apostles and those of us that are saved by the grace of God, the greatest help the believers are to receive is the very presence of God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. Now this evening before I speak on the topic, the Holy Spirit, our comforter, I want to preface my statement by uh, uh, so that uh, we can understand it in its proper context. Uh, a born-again believer with the biblical view does not wake up each day uh, with the mindset that God exists only to make our life happy and satisfied and peaceful. The Bible teaches that we were created by Him uh, for His pleasure and for His glory. The Bible says in Revelation Chapter 4, verse number 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And as a born-again believer, we must learn to turn over the control of our life to the Lord and depend on Him to lead us through life. Now, we understand tonight the question as a child of God, uh, uh, the question is not, do we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us? That's not the question. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have full control of us? And this, this can become a great struggle for some that are saved by the grace of God because sometimes uh, 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 even children of God, they may tend to get angry. Uh, they may get frustrated with God when things don't go the way that they planned uh, them to go or they expected for them to turn out. And with the wrong mindset, 
uh, a child of God can begin to point an accusing finger at God and say, well, God, I'm not happy. You promised that I would be happy when I got saved. Can I say, my friend, uh, God doesn't exist just to make our lives happy, amen? But when we were created to please Him, uh, and we were created to please Him uh, and not for God to be at our beck and call and to just make us happy or make us comfortable and a life without any disappointment, without death, without trauma, or without tragedy. And as Bible believers, we believe that God created us for a purpose and He has a will for every single one of our lives. Yes, He allows some things into our lives to test us and to strengthen us. And because we were created with a free will, uh, God does allow some things. He does tolerate some things uh, until He comes uh, as King of kings uh, and Lord of lords. We do not believe in fate. We don't believe in luck. We don't believe in chance. We believe there's a greater purpose for all things and for life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse number 28 through 31, and we know all things, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And the context for what I mean uh, when I say one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to comfort the believer. Webster's 1828 Dictionary, it defines comfort as this. It's relief from pain or uneasiness of body. Comfort is an ease and quietness of mind when distressed. Comfort is that which gives us strength or support in distress, difficulty, danger, or infirmity. And God offers this to the child of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. You understand, child of God? It's not the absence of pain. It's not the absence of struggle. It's not the absence of tragedy, but it is a comfort to help strengthen us and support us when we do go through pain, when we do go through struggles, and when we do go through tragedies. And I'm thankful tonight when we go through the difficulties of life, thank God we're not going through them by ourselves, amen. He's there there every step of the way. In John chapter 14 and verse number 16, there is the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. When Jesus Christ physically left the apostles, he promised them a replacement. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit of God. Now listen to me. Uh, in my immaturity as a young preacher, I used to say the Holy Spirit of God. I used to identify him as the third person of the Godhead. Because I say that belittles the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit of God is just as much God as God the Father and God the Son. Amen. And he indwells you and me as a born-again believer. Perhaps I've used the illustration here before, but let me use it again tonight if I may. 
My wife and I got married, as I said, on June the 16th, 2007. I shared with the men yesterday, my, mine and my wife's testimony is absolutely completely different. And uh, my wife grew up in church her entire life. Her dad died when she was a young teenage girl. But my, 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 her pastor and his wife uh, took my wife under her, their wing, and they were just her spiritual leaders uh, all through her teenage years. And my wife went off to youth camp and youth conferences. And as a teenage girl, she made many commitments to God at an old-fashioned altar. One of those commitments were that, that, that she wouldn't uh, touch anybody of the opposite sex until the night that she got married. And I'm glad to testify that the first time anybody of the opposite sex touched her lips was on June the 16th, 2007, when this big old boy puckered up and kissed her for the first time. Amen. I'm not saying that I didn't want to kiss her before that day, but I knew who her pastor was, and I knew he would have knocked my daylights out if I would have tried. Amen. But you understand, on June the 16th, 2007, I left my mom and dad's house for the last time as a single man, and my parents have been forever grateful since that day. Amen. And I got my little four-torse car, and I, I drove from their house to the Bethel Baptist Church in Walls, Mississippi, which was about a 15-minute drive. And uh, I was in that car by myself. I was alone in that car by myself. I got to the church that day by myself. I, I went around the back of the church where the teenagers uh, would go to Sunday school on Sunday. And myself and about a half a dozen of the young men put on tuxedos. And uh, uh, the wedding was about to start. And the preacher came in a little while later and said, Brother Chris, he said, the wedding's about to start. I walked out on the platform uh, with the preacher. And uh, I began to see my wife uh, walk through the back, or my, my fiance at that time, walked through the back door and she started the day off as a Faust but she got an upgrade later on that day she became a Dallas amen and anyhow but anyway uh, 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 the preacher uh, had the wedding ceremony and he said you may now uh, uh, kiss the bride and, and being completely honest with you uh, this is true if, I, if I'm lying I'm frying I, I was so nervous when the preacher said you may now kiss the bride I forgot to take the veil off her face and I kissed the veil <laughs> But praise God, he gave me a second chance, and I can testify, the second kiss was a lot better than the first kiss, amen? But you understand, the day started when I got to the church that day by myself. But I did not leave the church that day by myself. My new bride went home with me, amen? On, as I told you this morning, August 16, 1998, as I left that halfway house on the other side of Memphis, Tennessee, and I drove to that same church, Bethel Baptist Church in Walls, Mississippi, which was about a 45-minute drive. Uh, that 45-minute drive from the halfway house to the Bethel Baptist Church, I was in that car by myself. I was alone in that car by myself. I was empty in that car by myself. I got to the church that night by myself, but thank God I heard the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got saved by the good grace of God and I testify to you tonight that night I may have gone to the church by myself but I did not leave the church that night by myself thank God God the Holy Spirit went home with me and can I say tonight child of God your testimony and your background may be different than my testimony and my background but if you're saved by the grace of God the same result is the same God the Holy Spirit lives inside of you can I say from that day to this day, it's been over 23 years now. Can I say I've been in some storms of life. My ship has been tossed to and fro just like yours has. But I thank God there's not been one storm I've gone through by myself. He's been there with me every step along the way. Still laying a foundation here. 
It's the Holy Spirit of God that is called the Comforter. Another name of the Holy Spirit, again, is the Comforter. The word Comforter refers to someone, listen to this, it refers to someone to run to our side and to pick us up. And that's what Jesus did while he was physically here on earth. He continues that ministry in heaven, the Bible says. In 1 John chapter 2, verse number 1, My little children, these things write unto you, that you sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That word advocate is the same word that is translated as comforter in the gospel of John. Jesus was the one who ran to our side. Now he goes back to heaven and he sends the Holy Spirit to do for us what he did while he was here on earth. And Jesus is still our comforter. The Holy Spirit, again, is not a substitute, but an additional one to run to our side in a time of need. John chapter 14, verse number 16, we see the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse number 17, there are the people of the Holy Spirit. The people designated by Christ as being the recipients of the Holy Spirit are born-again believers. The Holy Spirit indwells born-again believers. Can I say, I don't see how in the world, in all the things that are going on in this world, how a person can live in this world today without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Can I tell you, my friend, I understand we're going through difficult days, but I'll tell you, my friend, the reason I've got a smile on my face the world can't erase and I've got joy in my heart and peace in my heart. Why? Because he lives inside of me, amen. And thank God he comforts me even through the difficult days of life. Verse number 17 says, Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Not only do we see the promise of the Holy Spirit, the people for the Holy Spirit. But in verse number 18, we see the provision of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit provides the born-again believer comfort as a relief from pain or uneasiness of body. Comfort as an ease and quietness of mind when distressed. Comfort that gives us strength or support in difficulty, danger, or infirmity. And the Christian life is not lived in absence of what we consider trouble, trauma, or tragedy. But the Holy Spirit comforts us in life as we live to please God and to fulfill His purpose. Amen. And God offers this to the child of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. Again, verse number 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. The word translated comfortless refers to an orphan. When Jesus Christ left, he does not leave born-again believers alone. He doesn't leave them helpless. He doesn't leave them without care. I'm glad that he resides in me, my friend, and I'm glad that he lives in me and you if you're saved by the grace of God. You understand? Now, this is important because secular therapists will direct you to a, an attachment figure or someone who can serve as your safe haven or secure, a security blanket. Someone you turn to for support or comfort or in reassurance in difficult times. But as a child of God, we are not orphans left to struggle alone. God offers that to the child of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. But sadly and tragically, many born-again believers 
They go through life without ever experiencing the comfort that is available to them. And they ignore or they neglect the Holy Spirit of God. Or they do not utilize the tools that God uses through the Holy Spirit to comfort us through the difficult times. And tonight I want to show us from the Word of God some things that God uses to comfort us through the Holy Spirit. As born-again believers, we must allow the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to ease and quiet our minds when troubled, and give us strength or support in distress, difficulty, danger, and disease. But what does the Holy Spirit use to offer this comfort? Let's look at a few of those tools tonight uh, throughout the Word of God. Turn your Bibles very quickly. I'm not going to be very much longer. Look at Romans chapter 15 and look at verse number 4 with me. The tools that the Holy Spirit uses... To bring comfort in our life. Look at Romans chapter 15 with me. The Bible says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Can I say, number one, the Holy Spirit uh, provides comfort to the child of God through the Word of God, amen, through Scripture, amen. One of the tools that the Holy Spirit uses to ease and quiet our minds when troubled and give us strength or support in distress, difficulty, danger, and disease is the Bible. Child of God, can I say tonight, when you and I neglect to read the Bible, we are robbing ourselves an opportunity to receive comfort from the Holy Spirit unfortunately, most Christians neglect their Bible reading during those times when they need their Bible reading the most to strengthen them to get through the difficult days of life. Amen. Turn your Bibles very quickly to Psalm chapter 119. Psalm and 119. I know that's a very large Psalm. Look at verse number 49 and 50 with me. Look at Psalm 119, verse number 49 and 50. We're talking about comfort through the scriptures. We're going to read the entire Psalm 119. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Look at Psalm 119. Look at verse number 49. The Bible says, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. And how important it is for us to allow the Holy Spirit of God to use the Word of God to be our comfort in affliction. I, 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 I think about uh, those 10 weeks that were completely wiped off my calendar. And, and before that, before I got back home and uh, back to Lexington, and I began to get the phone calls uh, of preachers beginning to cancel those meetings because uh, of, of the seriousness of, or, or the, the beginning days of COVID-19. And I remember before that, the few days that I began to hear that term, COVID-19, I'd never been one to watch the news very much. But those few days, I began to watch the news and just began to listen to those news reporters and how fear began to grip my soul. And I remember sitting in that motel room one day as I was watching that news. And I looked across the bed there and there on an end table, there was a, not this Bible, but my reading Bible was sitting on an end table. And how the Spirit of God began to convict my heart that I was listening to those news reporters and allowing fear
fear to grip my soul. And I looked at that Bible and how it was closed with that end table. And that day I shut the television set off and I opened up that Bible and I began to read that Bible. I began to read the old stories about how God allowed his children to cross over the Red Sea. I began to read the miracles of how he took that little lad's lunch with five loaves and two fishes and fed that great multitude. I began to read the stories of how he allowed the blind eyes to see, the deaf ears to hear, the lame to walk. And can I say before too long, I begin to get comfort through the word of God. Amen. Can I say, child of God, you and I don't have to live in fear. You'll be tell you how you do away with your fear. Find out what it is to turn the television set off and find out what God says about the matter. Can I tell you, my friend, this Bible right here will give us peace. It'll give us joy. It'll find out what it is to comfort us through the difficult days of life. Look at Acts chapter 9. Look at Acts chapter number 9 with me. Not only does the Holy Spirit provide comfort through the Scriptures, but look at Acts in chapter 9. Look at verse number 31. The Bible says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Can I say, number one, the Holy Spirit provides comfort through the Scriptures, but number two, the Holy Spirit uses the tool of the local church to bring comfort as well. Amen. I wonder how many times the Holy Spirit was trying to comfort us in a time of need, but perhaps some didn't even think that they could go. To, they they didn't even think that they go to church while they were struggling with the news from their doctor or the heartache of a family situation. And it's a sad reality that many people they sit out of church at the very times when they need the Holy Spirit to minister grace and strength and comfort in their lives. Can I tell you, my friend, I, I, I'm thankful for technology and I understand that it can be used in a, in, in a mighty way and I, I believe the gospel message got out more in the early days of COVID-19 because of a live stream and Facebook Live and all those things and I understand there's some that are they're, they're not healthy and some are, are legitimately fearful, but can I I say tonight, child of God, we can all agree, hey, church on the couch is not like church in the sanctuary, amen. And my friend, can I tell you, child of God, there's something about being at the house of God and the Spirit of God when you come in with the, with the heaviness and the uh, burdens and, and the difficulties of life. There's just something about hearing the good old songs of Zion and, and hearing the special music and hearing the man of God get up and preach the Word of God and help us through those difficulties of life. Amen. The Bible and the local church are instruments in the hand of the Holy Spirit to comfort us. And if we're not experiencing the comfort that he has promised, then we must not be availing ourselves to those things that the Holy Spirit uses to bring us comfort. Look at Isaiah 40 with me. Isaiah 40. Very quickly tonight, look at Isaiah 40. Not only does the Holy Spirit use the Word of God, the Holy Spirit uses the house of God. But look at Isaiah 40. 
Look at verse number one and two. The Bible says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Can I say number three, the Holy Spirit provides comfort through the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. You understand the Jewish captives in Babylon, they needed hope and comfort because of the chastening hand of God on their lives because of sin. And the instrument through which God is going to administer comfort is through the preaching of Isaiah. And far too many of us, we do not realize the importance of the preaching of the Word of God. And can I say tonight, child of God, I believe with all my heart, the same Bible that was preached with power to bring conviction upon our soul and save us by the grace of God is the same Bible preached with power that can help comfort us through the difficult days of life as well. I believe with all my heart tonight, it is something that many of God's people think they can get by without when they are really robbing themselves of an opportunity to be strengthened and blessed by the Holy Ghost of God. As born-again believers, we must acquire an appetite for preaching. Let's not settle for just one sermon a week. Let's find out what it is to be at the house. You understand that, that, that service, that service that you miss that service that you miss may be the very service that God uses to bring comfort in your life. Take advantage of every opportunity to hear uh, your spirit-filled preacher proclaim the Word of God. That sermon you decide to skip might be the dose of comfort that you desperately need. You ever thought about this? How many of us are saved by the grace of God? You ever thought about this, child of God? The same Holy Ghost of God that lives in you as a child of God is the same Holy Spirit of God that lives in your pastor. And you may be going through difficult times. You may be going through troublesome times. You may be going through some deep, dark valleys. You may not tell your spouse. You may not tell your friends. You may not tell anyone else. But you understand the same Holy Spirit of God that lives in you, uh, that knows the difficulties you're going through, again, is the same Holy Spirit of God that lives in your pastor. And as your pastor is on his knees in prayer throughout the week, praying specifically for you, and he's got the Word of God open and begging God to lay on his heart the exact message to preach, and the Holy Spirit of God that knows the difficulties you're going through is the same Holy Spirit of God that will lay the exact message that that man needs to preach to help you get through the difficulties but child of God, it cannot help you if you're not here to receive the preaching of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit uses the Bible. The Holy Spirit uses the church. The Holy Spirit uses the preacher. And lastly, and I finish, look at Philippians chapter number 2. Look at verse number 19. Paul is speaking here and he says this, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus surely unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. 
Can I say lastly, the Holy Spirit of God provides comfort through other Christians. One of the blessings of being a member of the local New Testament Baptist church is the comfort we receive from the unselfish people of the church. These individuals can be used as instruments of comfort because they're indwelt by the same Holy Spirit of God. How many times have I walked in a church service and boy, try to be on top side and knowing I'm about to preach the Word of God, but knowing good and well when I leave the church house, I've been facing some deep, dark valleys, some storms of life. And how I would sit there on the front row and some old saint of God come and put their arm around me and say, Brother Chris, I just want to let you know I've been praying for you and I want to let you know I love you and I'm thankful for your service. You say, well, Brother Dallas, everybody knows in the church, they know that I love them. They know that I pray for them. They may know that, my friend, but every now and then, it just good, does good for them to hear those words. Amen. I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful for the family of God, aren't you? One of the greatest blessings, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a local church evangelist, amen. I'm thankful I'm out of the local church of Claysville Baptist Church there in Lexington, Kentucky. And the preacher and I were talking about this today. I, 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 every, even preachers need preachers, amen. I'm glad that I've got a pastor. I'm glad, I'm glad that I've got a man of God that faithfully feeds me the Word of God. But another wonderful thing about my local church is I'm thankful in my, when Nikita's back at home and she's working there in the college, and I don't know how long that's going to last. This may be the, the last year she does that. But I'm thankful that that church has taken her under their wing and have loved her on her like a family. Amen. It's just something about being a member of a local New Testament Baptist church where we find comfort with one another and understand that we all go through troubles. We all go through trials. We all go through storms of life. And I'm glad not only do we not have to go by and by ourselves because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, but I'm glad the Holy Spirit lays on the heart of some other Christian in the church to tell us the right thing that we need to hear just during that difficult time. Amen. If you're like me, when we take time to look at the scriptures, we realize those times that we needed help, strength, and comfort. And we went without it. And it wasn't because Jesus left us like orphans. It was that we were not allowing the Holy Spirit to comfort us like he wanted to comfort us. And as born-again believers, we should be uncomfortable around the world's crowd and comfortable around Christians. And the Holy Spirit will often use the Spirit-filled Christians to comfort us in our times of difficulty. I don't know what the difficult time that you're going through tonight. I know, like some in this room, a burden that I carry. You don't know what it means to me, church. Can I say there's been quite a few in this, in this church, even this morning, before I even got up to preach. Back in July of last year when I was with you, I asked you if you would pray for my prodigal sister, Kim. You don't know what it means to me after a year and a half almost of being here. I walk in the church and some saints of God come up to me and said, ask me about Kim and let me know they're still praying for her. Can I say tonight, child of God? I don't know the burden you carry. I carry that burden of a prodigal sister. I carry other burdens. I go through troubles and trials as your pastor does. All of us go through troubles and trials of life. But I'm glad we don't have to go through them by ourselves. 
I'm glad the Holy Spirit is there every step of the way. And I'm glad he uses the tools of the Word of God, the house of God, the man of God, and other Christians. Amen. He helps us along the way. Amen. Let's stand all across the building tonight. Let's stand all across the building tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Maybe tonight, everything's going fine in your life. Maybe the car's running good. The kids are behaving. There's food in the cupboard. There's money in the bank. But you know of a brother or a sister that's right here with you tonight in this church service. They're going through a difficult time. Maybe it would do you and them some good tonight. Just go put your arm around them. Some, let them know you love them and you're praying for them and you want to be there to help them get through this difficult time. Can I ask you, how faithful you've been to the Word of God? Can I say you're not going to find comfort on social media? You're not going to find comfort on the news station? But I guarantee you, my friend, you will find comfort in that Bible right there. Is going to church for you on Sunday, is it a Saturday night decision? I don't want it to be a Saturday night decision. I want it to be a principle of my life. I'm going to be in church when I should be in church. As the pianist begins to play tonight, I want to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that he wants to do in your heart tonight. Let God, let God deal with you tonight. Do a, there's no better time than present to let the Spirit of God just begin to work and let him have control tonight.